0: So, I don't really know how to do some of these intros. It sometimes is an odd feeling. And since this is, uh, <laughs> since the topic of today's podcast is all about, well, I can't say it ahead of time because that's giving you the punchline at the very beginning. So, welcome to another podcast. Welcome to Ambushed. That's what I'm trying to say. This is number 27 and this one's called Thomas Merton and how to be a saint. I have been waiting to do this one for quite some time because the topic for this one is one that I care very much about and so I hope that it resonates deeply with you and that you get something out of it. So if this is your first time listening, thank you for jumping in. Maybe somebody pointed you in the direction of this one because they thought this topic, this episode, might be helpful for you. And so I hope it is. And if you've been with me since the start, I mean, it's been more than a year, I guess, I've been doing this. Trying to do a podcast every other week, if not more often. Thank you for listening this whole time. I would like to ask that as you listen to this, pay attention to a phrase or an idea, a thought, something that jumps out at you. And then a few weeks ago, I started an ambushed Twitter. So if you have a Twitter account, please look that up. It's just uh, the ambushed podcast and send me something, share with me Uh, An idea, a thought, or a phrase, something that stood out to you. Something that resonated, something that meant something to you, wherever you are right now at this time of your life. Alright? So, if you believe that today's topic is going to be helpful to other people, I also encourage you to please share it. And if you want to be even so kind, I only have like two or three reviews on iTunes. So please go ahead and send some good word some fancy things that way. I would appreciate that so much. Thank you. But let's get started. So this one, as I had mentioned, is called Thomas Merton and how to be a saint. Let's get started. So I don't know about you, but maybe you have been in a Community setting and conversations, let's say a Bible study or been a part of a sermon series, let's say you have had conversations with people and there's this growing sense that you are at a lack, that you're not where you should be at this point in your life, that you are not living up to your potential, that you make so many mistakes and you just feel down on yourself for making these mistakes. Well, I hope today is going to be something that challenges your thinking along those lines, okay? I hope you haven't been too bogged down with these feelings of inadequacy or guilt or maybe even shame for where you've been and the things that you've done. But unfortunately, some of us have been a part of church communities where we are encouraged to feel such guilt and such shame, such extreme lack of (laughs) something. Well, I would like to talk to you about a single phrase that comes out of the Bible. It's a phrase that preachers have spoken on, you've maybe heard Bible studies about, and it's a phrase that maybe you have heard, and it has, man, maybe caused you more, excuse me, of that shame or guilt or experience of lack. But I'm going to say that if you understand it properly, it doesn't need to have that consequence. It doesn't have to make you feel that way. The phrase is, Be holy as God is holy. Or, as some people have translated it, Be perfect as God is perfect. Man. That phrase, just in and of itself, it shows up a few times in the New Testament, has been the source of a fair amount of guilt and shame. Because it sets up... category. Is that right? It sets up a means by which we can compare ourselves and of all things it makes us compare ourselves to God and if God really is good and if God really is infinite and if we make mistakes and we're finite of course we're always going to be living up to this standard that's never going to happen. And so when this phrase is used, when people speak on this passage, if it's done poorly, there's no way we can't help but get down on ourselves. But I have good news. So in Matthew uh, chapter 5, Jesus uses this phrase. He says... um, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. In the very beginning of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Jesus' own way of making himself into like a, a, a figure similar to Moses coming down from Sinai with a law, the book of Matthew has got Jesus saying this phrase. And I have two passages right in front of me, two different translations. One says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect, or... This alternative translation which says there must be no limit to your goodness as your heavenly father's goodness knows no bounds. Now how is it that these can be so different? One says be perfect and the other one says let there be no limit to your goodness. Because one is about Perfection, the other one is about just being good, but having no limit to the goodness. So, what's going on here? This passage uses the word teleoi, which comes from a Greek word which really is telos, which really has to do with mature or having come to its end, but that's why I said mature. Be mature. As God is mature. And of course as you mature, hopefully you're having more and more goodness in your life. You've learned how to put certain things behind you. That the amount of good that you bring to the world and within yourself is increased as you mature. Wow. So really in Matthew's gospel, to translate it as perfection, really carries... Um, a standard. But to say, be mature as God is mature, that seems like it's got some room for growing at all times. Hmm. And then if you go to 1 Peter, the same phrase shows up again. But this time it says, This is 1 Peter 1, 15-16. It says, Instead, as he who called you is holy, be holy yourselves in all of your conduct. For it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Now this time, the word is hagias. It's not teleoi. So it doesn't have this connotation of mature, it instead has this connotation of being set apart, or unique. Be unique as God is unique. You see in the Matthew passage when we read it as, be mature as God is mature, huh, And then we have this other passage that maybe says more like, be unique as God is unique. You see, neither of those translations have anything to do with an abstract uh, standard of perfection that's unattainable by anyone. In fact, it reminds me, there's an early church pastor, his name is Gregory of Nyssa, who said that perfection is not a state of being. That you have achieved perfection when you have begun the road to improving yourself. So there we go. More than a thousand years ago, there was already a pastor that wanted to move away from seeing perfection as a static and um, like a state of being an immobile standard that you just got to achieve and then once you achieve you're stuck there or once you're there don't change anything but the other ones of mature this other you standing just be unique these don't have anything to do with this abstract state of being now all this goes to say that I really wanted to get around to Thomas Merton. Oh, that guy was amazing. He was a Cistercian monk who eventually came to live in Kentucky at a monastery called Our Lady of Gethsemane Abbey. I haven't been there yet, but I will. And he is very well known for writing a number of books that have been so incredibly influential to the understanding of what is Christian spirituality. Not necessarily Christian theology, or words about God, but spirituality. How is Christianity supposed to breathe life into you and I? Well, he says this about being a saint. that for me, And this is a quote. For me to be a saint means to be myself. Therefore, the problem of sanctity and salvation is in fact the problem of finding out who I am and of discovering my true self. Now, I love that. I think that's one of the most profound statements about what it means to be a saint. Because if you have an understanding of be holy as God is holy, as in the definition or the translation of be perfect as God is perfect, man, none of us will ever achieve being a saint. And if we go back through the times and we look at all the lives of the saints, we can easily say they were never perfect. So how is it that we call them saints? But if we understand that phrase as be mature as God is mature, or be unique as God is unique. We can see that some of these saints really were saints. They were, they were mature. They were unique. And they were perfect in that they were on the path to becoming who they should be. And if that is the definition of being perfect, then that's a great one. So to those of you who are out there who have heard this passage, be holy as I am holy, been preached in such a way that it has bogged you down and it has thrown more weight on your shoulders than unburdened you, then it maybe was preached to you or taught to you poorly because the yoke of Jesus and I'm quoting Matthew again it's light and it's easy and it should always be a relief when you take on the teaching of Jesus so again Thomas Merton's quote is this for me to be a saint means to be myself therefore the problem of sanctity and salvation is is in fact the problem of finding out who I am and of discovering my true self. That definition is delightful because there's room for mistakes. And the guilt and the shame that's sometimes heaped on us by our understanding of Christian spirituality that's been given to us, those negative emotions don't have to be there. So I wrote down the sentence just before recording this, and I think it's so good. But if you remember in the book of Exodus, I had done one, a podcast a few times ago about the burning bush, where God shows up and he says, I will be who I will be. I am who I am. (laughs) Here's the sentence I wrote down. How else can you and I be most like God, in that we be who we are, just as I am who I am, is who he is? (laughs) It would be funnier to write it out with quotations. It would be this. How else can we most be like God in that, quote, we be who we are, unquote, just as, quote, I am who I am, unquote, quote, is who he is, unquote. Just be who you are. And by doing that, you're being like God. How else can you be most unique like God is unique except that you be who you are? Stop trying to impress others with your achievements, with your titles, with your trophies, with your moral perfection, with your abilities of scriptural memory or whatever. Stop trying to impress people. And this includes yourself. Many of us spend our whole lives trying to impress or prove to ourselves or ghosts within us that we are special, valuable, lovable. But you are already all of these things. You don't need to parade anymore or put on a commercial about how great you are. How you, hmm, you just don't need to do it anymore. And be who you are because that person is the saint you were always meant to be. Sometimes I think about what it might have been like for Jesus to walk around. If Jesus really was God incarnate, he walked around watching a lot of people around him peacocking. And by peacocking, I mean they were puffing up their feathers and they were gloating and really trying to put on a good show because they were trying to sell others about how great they are. But then Jesus had the humility to just sit back and watch as all these people around him were peacocking, as all these people around him were forcibly trying to make themselves saints, and in doing so, they forgot to be who they are. And since they forgot to be just who they are, they never were really very close to being the saints that they were meant to be. So when you hear the phrase, be holy as as I am holy, when you hear passages or or pastors or sermonettes or studies that talk about how you and I and everyone else need to be perfect, morally perfect, just as God is, I think there's there's a deeper way of looking at that verse that says, be mature as God is mature. Be unique as God is unique. Be your own person as God is his own person. And recognize that maybe Gregory of Nyssa was right, that you have achieved perfection once you have begun that road of just being or becoming who you already are. Thomas Merton is known for writing about the true self. And in fact, there's also a really great book called The Immortal Diamond by Richard Rohr that's all about this. Just learn to be your true self. Be holy as God is holy. And so, I think we're done. This was maybe a short one, or maybe it went by quickly. But share something on Twitter or on Facebook. Share a quote, a thought, or an idea that stood out to you and maybe as a result of listening to this one you just felt as though some burdens were taken off of your shoulder that you recognize like wow the teachings of christian spirituality really are more life-giving than i thought okay may goodness and riches and blessings and goodness and i say goodness May all the good things of life come your way this week as you learn to be the saint that you already are. Cheers. Till next time. Bye.